gotta have sweet. Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Chewing Gum. Five sticks, only 25 cents. Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Chewing Gum! Tower Podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer, analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol without gum. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. Return of the Random Banters. Return of the Random Banters. The theme song still remains the same. The plot itself has hardly changed. A guaranteed bet. Fortune and fame. Arr! Random banter, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Is that from a Mel Brooks movie? It is not. I will give you a hint and say that the sequel that I'm referencing here had George Clooney in it. It's not Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> it's not Ocean's Twelve. Wow. I I I don't. I know it. I mean, you're, once you tell me. I'm going to know it, but I, I can't. I can't. What was it? Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> and and the reason for that is just because we're returning to a lot of the same plots and, and a lot of the same old stories, and there's a lot of returning of old stuff. Honestly, yes. And also, uh, red-clad meanies are coming to attack people. Okay. That's which would fair. be the tomatoes. Yeah. In fact, even in the opening thing, the theme song for it says, the theme song still remains the same. The plot itself has hardly changed. I'm like, yep. 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 That's yep. about right. Yeah, that's about pretty right. Good. Yeah. So there we go. Okay, well, let me tell you a little bit more about random stuff. You mentioned something to me a long time ago, or well, not a long time ago, but a little while ago. You're like, oh, yes, I have seen about a half hour of this one TV show, and I'm going to watch it. And I was like, ah, everybody else is talking about said TV show. And so I got my wife to watch said TV show, which was awesome because, you know, it's in Korean. Mm -hmm. We finished binging Squid Game. Oh, nice. I think I started that before you, and I am counted one, two, and nine minutes in. Two, two episodes and nine minutes in. So. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we binged that and we finished that. And my friend, that is a treat. That I, is a absolute treat. I hear great things about it. I also hear people complain about it. I can kind of understand why. It's funny to me because some of the complaints I'm hearing are like, well, that's just like an anime or a manga. Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, and so what? So <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, it's like, that seems like it was directly stolen from something else. Yeah, so it was all media, basically. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of good... I, I've seen this and this movie. Seen, what this is doing is it's taking a lot of ideas that have been out there before, and it's packaging them in, in a way that makes some interesting current social commentary. Mm -hmm. And bravo for them to doing that, and for having some fabulous acting and some wonderful characters that you... Want to hate, but you end up loving. Yeah, it's a, a complaint that a friend of mine had. He was basically saying, he's like, he hated the main character because he's like, he's just an idiot that gets in his own way. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the point. They even had that point in, here's not a spoiler, but 
he's at like a, a grab claw machine and he's just putting money into it, trying to get a present for his kid and just putting money into it, trying to get a present for his kid. And he can't do it. He can't do it. He's getting more and more frustrated. Like a 10 year old boy comes up and is just like, mister, here's what you got to do. You got to focus on the thing you want and just go for that. Yeah. And that I think really sums up the character run on that character yeah. from what I can see so far. Yeah. No, you need to finish watching this so we can talk about it. And you probably will finish watching it in another year. 2022, that's my year, baby, for media catch-up. I have faith in you, my friend. I have faith in you. I, I get to squeak out media in little tids and tads as I get a uh, chance to. So I, it's one that I want to finish because there's a lot of stuff that I want to see. Uh, anything else interesting for you besides the fact that you can't do anything? Uh, there's that. Well, we did do something. We went to the uh, beach for five days. Nice, nice, nice. Did you see any squids? Well, uh, we didn't see any squids and also, no, it wasn't really nice. That's the problem is that we didn't have the best time. We went out, it was half the time it was raining and, and the main problem was that as soon as we got there, we got a rotation of uh, gastroenteritis. So it was just like, oh, this is terrible. I can't do anything. Now we'll rotate to you. Now you can't do anything. Now we'll rotate to you. You can't do anything. Oh yeah, I'm still kind of got that. Can't do anything. Well, it's raining. Well, this was a great day. And then uh, Hillary's been having a, a little bit of a, a tooth problem and it's like a tooth infection and it really flared up while we were there. So she was basically laid out the entire time. Me and Aurora did get to go out to the beach for a full day. One day, which was really nice. She had a lot of fun building sandcastles and playing and stuff. But the highlight of that for me, that was really the... Uh, cherry on top of this amazing cake was that drawing in the sand she's like daddy i want to tell you i want to tell you a volcano story i'm like okay she's like come here i'm like okay tell me the volcano story and she's just kind of drawing a volcano and muttering to herself and telling me a story and then she grabs a handful of sand and chucks it right into my open eyeballs because she's showing she's like and it erupts and it erupts but that first eruption was just fistful of sand in my wide open gaping eyes and it's just like wow yeah that's this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what you're telling me is that you went to the beach and had sand kicked in your eyes by a... A bully. We'll just say a bully. A really mean bully who didn't even acknowledge it. So, Jeff, can you give us a two-sentence <laughs> replay from last episode, please? I got sand in my eyes. I can't read it. You have sand. I have cataracts. Eh. <laughs> Power Pack has moved to the Pacific Northwest, and we couldn't be more happy about it. We get to see their new costumes, which are hit and miss. We get to see Alex learning how to drive a car by backing it into some trash cans. We get to see Julie go boy crazy over her new neighbor and classmate, <sighs> Randy Allen. We get to see Jack uh, hate everything, and we get to see the now a double-grade-skipping computer genius Katie talking to the essence of the destroyed smartship Friday, who's now living inside of their home computer. This is because Friday did not survive her brief association with the New Warriors. In space, we see that Jackal is back in his formerly Badsha-controlled body, and he is out tearing up piece to pieces, while the imprisoned Yurik has to hear about it, and we also see that Jackal's dead mother Queen Maraud got better, and is now a power behind the throne, and we get to see that a snark hit team has arrived on Earth, and they are about to make the power family a victim of a murderous snark attack. Now that the the first issue left us a little flat, and we are hoping that the rest of the series kicks off some exciting and new ideas, two sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? Well, Jeff, I'd like you to go ahead and grab that brown paper bag with can inside and i want to tell you a little story because back when i was a kid let mm -hmm. me tell you how i used to get to school okay old man beer drinker reach in that bag and pull out the beer and i'll tell you how i got to school and back home 
Well, it was uphill both ways. Oh, you old Duffy butter. <laughs> you old fuddy duster. <laughs> you old such and so. Uphill Both Ways Porter by Urban Family Brewing. Oh, that is a cool can. That is a habitat ring with a space shuttle attached to it. The lettering is in many different fonts in yellow, and all the backdrop is in blue with the space station and the space shuttle and the stars. Ooh, shiny metallic stars. Those are pretty. Story time on it is the always exciting that this can is worth five cents if you take it back to a depository. Very nice. That is good. And... Why was going to school uphill both ways the choice for this? Mm. Oh, I know. It's because the kids are going back to school. Yay! And the story kind of feels like it's a little bit uphill both ways. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I would agree with that. I did a little switcheroo. I was looking at what I had coming up on the beers that I had provided you. And I said, I'm going to call an audible and change this one to this episode because I thought it fit better. It does fit better. It I, does uh, fit better. And it's an urban family, or in this case, a sub-suburban family, because they're in the wilds of the Pacific Northwest, where not (laughs) but Bigfoot lives. According to yeah. most media, it's uh, I, I love on movies and everything where they're just like, the Americas are getting hit so hard. New York's destroyed. New Mexico's destroyed. How's the Pacific Northwest? Don't worry about it. They're fine. It's just like yeah. zombie invasions. And it's like Portland, or- Oregon and stuff is whatever. We're fine. There ain't nobody. That's because everybody in Oregon has an umbrella. And when the zombies <laughs> attack, we use that umbrella to stab them in the eyes. Oh, wow. That got more violent than I was expecting. Eh, I, I was, I was, as a child, I walked uphill both ways to school. Yeah, this is a 5% ABV, and it is by Urban Family. This is a porter, and it is a dark, 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 and it's got that nice mm, coffee-type portery smell to it. But this is a dark, dark, you can't really see through it. There's a little bit of brown in there a bit, but it's it's nice and dark. It's nice and pleasant. It's fairly bubbly. That adheres to mm-hmm. the uh, side of the glass really well. The Ooh. foam head on it, about a quarter inch, it settles down really fast, which is nice, even with a sloppy pour like I did. It does Ooh. have brown tint coming through with the light, like you were saying, but yeah, you can't see anything with it. I'm sure Rick is excited that he has uh, zero Jeff visibility through his uh, beverage tonight. This is true. This is true, but I'm mm-hmm. also excited because I've already taken a nice taste of this, and I'm waiting for you to take a taste because I think you're going to be happy, my friend. I think you are going to be happy. It has a really nice smell. It's uh, This is funny. It almost smells like prune juice. Okay. Kind of a thing. It's, a, it's got that earthy kind of tone to it. It's earthy, but it's like sweet. It's not mm-hmm. really cloying. It's just very... Oh, hello, mama. <laughs> mm. That is tasty. It's got mm. a bit of a bubbliness to it, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's got a little effervescence in there. Yeah. But it's sweet. It's got that very pleasant enjoyable taste a little bit of a coffee note but it is smooth it is very smooth there is no acidity at all no this is very coffee tones this is really really coffee tones it it is smooth is a great descriptor for it despite all the bubbles and everything and the coffee flavor normally a lot of coffee beers will have that very kind of like acidic coffee flavor and this is just oh there's coffee in there and that's pleasant that's nice it's very nice and sweet very smooth, a little bit of an aftertaste, but not much. This is enjoyable. Mm, that's really good. Yeah. Porterness of it, that kind of dark tang, yeah. so to speak, rests on your tongue as an aftertaste for a little bit, yeah. but that's, that's good. That's about it. That's about it. This is enjoyable. Once again, Uphill Both Ways by Urban Family Brewing. Mm-mm-mm. 
Liking it, liking it, liking it. I like it too. All right, we are in the Pacific Northwest. We have got our beers. We have got a comic book. We have got words. So we better do the opening credit, if you please. Power Pack issue number two, September 2000. Snark Attack. Snark Attack. Snark Attack. Snark Attack. It's time for... Never mind. It's time for credits. Writer, Sean Burry. Penciler, Colleen Doran. Inker, Terry Austin. Letterer... Chris Eliopoulos, colorist, Tom Smith, editor, Michael Martz, chief, Bob Harris. Featuring Power Pack, Alex Power, a.k.a. Zero-G, Dancy, Julie Power, a.k.a. Lightspeed, Flighty, Jack Power, a.k.a. Massmaster, Airy, Katie Power, a.k.a. Energizer, Energy, E. Mm. Guest starring The Power Parents, some snarks, and some other people. Previously on As the Stomach Turns, Julie was opening the door to danger. And this issue and that door both open and that danger barges into the house. Julie tries to fly off past her sleeping dad, yelling that the redcoats are coming, the redcoats are coming. While cribbing from Paul Revere and being more informative by saying the snarks are attacking, she fails to evade a space whip wielding snark and gets smacked into a wall. Wump. But she does not stop, speeding down the hallway to wake up Alex, who ignores her sleepily saying that there's no such thing as snarks. Wow, sleepy Alex, just wow. But Jack is more on point, yelling, Shuriken, while hopping out and giving a flying right cross to the space whip snark chasing Julie. Crack. Alex finally wakes from slumberland and is ready to lead the team in his boxer shorts. Ooh, hey buddy, maybe you should try putting on some pants before you uh, go a superhero in today, son. The kids take the slumber party outside, which is good since they just moved in, and it is so tacky to wreck a new place on your first week. Look, Rick, I said I was sorry, okay? Jeez, I will admit having a housewarming party with a bear fight was not a good idea, okay? Just let it go. Finally, just let it go. No. Anyway, now that the kids are outside in their jammies, they costume on and get ready to throw down. A fight occurs and action commences. Smack, whap, sock. All the kids get a chance to operate their powers against the snarks until those wonderful, exciting, and world-changing two syllables are finally uttered. Retreat! With five ships full of snarks taken off, it is time for the kids to head back and see what damage has occurred. The damage is some broken knickknacks and a couple of cocoon-wrapped up parents. Again. There comes a time in your life where you realize you have been gift-wrapped by alien lizards multiple times, and that is the time that you should start making new life choices. Back on planet Snark, Jackal is having a council with the Queen Mothers. He is laying out his grand plans for Snark Galactic Dominion. He wants to take back all the stuff given away when Badshaw was in control. The problem is that the Queen knows the actual strength of the Empire. Let me put it to you this way. Remember how powerful Tower Records used to be? Sure, a lot of my pocket change was taken by that company. The Snark Empire is Tower Records. They used to have absolute power in the galaxy, but the galaxy kind of moved on. But, but, but where am I going to buy my cassette tapes? Queen Maraud has become Jackal's hype man, er, woman, uh, lizard. She is turning these fair arguments against one of the queens by asking where her hatchling and Kofi have disappeared to, honestly. We have been wondering about that too, now that we know that the mysterious snark-shaped shadow with Kofi is actually just a snark. But we need to go back to Earth where the family is running late. The parents overslept for some reason. Psst, it is because they were drugged by aliens and their kids did not tell them. Nice. Not really, but... Yeah. 
Well, Alex, Julie, and Jack get dropped off at Alex's high school, and Julie and Jack have to start hiking over to their school a couple of blocks away, while Alex gets attacked by a cheerleader squad. Apparently, these girls in their red and gold outfits lie in wait for unsuspecting blonde boys. They sneak up and pounce on them with their flirty ways. This never, ever happens. At least not to you. That's right. At least not to me. Own the burn. After they leave Alex with a smile and a wink, an older boy named Quentin strolls over to make a pretty judgy and gross remark about the lead cheerman leader, Carmen, before welcoming Alex. Meanwhile, Jack and Julie are walking to school, trying to puzzle out what happened with the strange attack last night. Jack is nervous that they will return, but Julie does not think so. At school, Randy Allen spies Julie and runs into her, calling her Jules. While this is all thrilling and romantic, we need to check in on Katie, who is really nervous about a new school and skipping two grades. She needs some support, but her parents are running late as well. So they drop her off and wish her the best. Enter the bully, who appears to have been held back two grades, and he towers over Katie and tells her to get out of here. This is for fifth graders only. Katie stands up for herself. No, I'm smart, you big jerk. And then the bully insults her again. Kids can be, and are the worst. Now we will check in with Kofi and this formerly mysterious snark he is hanging out with. They finally made it to our solar system, but they know that they are late. They are also being tracked by other snarks, which they don't know about. Good times. Later, the kids are being picked up from school and there are varied reactions. Alex is still glowing from meeting the cheerleaders. Jack hates his classes and not knowing anyone or where anything is. And Julie, well... While she is getting permission to go to a school rally, which is code for a party at Randy's house, said pretty boy is standing with his friends as they are checking out the hottie Julie. And we are all feeling a little creepy. Julie gets permission to go to the school rally, but the gross feelings really start stacking up. Back in space, the Snarks are letting Queen Maraud know that they suck at their jobs in taking care of Power Pack. Their excuse is that Power Pack displayed powers the likes of which they have never seen. Powers like flight and gravity control, and energy blasts, and clouds. You know, those same powers that they have always had? Where did they come from? But they've been tracking the apparently no longer dead and destroyed chameleon smart trip data, so yay for them? Let's take another look at this school rally that Julie is going to. It, as we said, is actually just a party at Randy's house. This is the classic dad out of the house, let's party with alcohol scenario made popular by every 80s movie ever. Julie meets with the other girls who immediately peg her as Randy's new conquest. Julie and us are not really having a good time. Randy pulls her into the kitchen and tries to get her a drink, but she explains that she will not be partaking and is not happy that he is. Randy dumps his alcoholic drink into the sink and dives in for a kiss and gets shoved out of the way as Julie runs into a bathroom. Well, now she is trapped and scared and freaked out. She starts saying she wants to go home. She clicks her heels together three times, and bam, she is instantly teleported home. You have been upgraded. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, somehow Julie just leveled up in the middle of a quest, so nice going. Inside the powerhouse, we have a picture of how this family rolls. Alex is lying on the couch reading a book or something with his shoes on because he is a monster. Katie is using the Friday computer to help her with her homework and bully problems because she has given up on this family. Jim is bent over a box lifting with his back, the strongest muscle instead of his legs, and blowing out said back while Jack watches him. I really want to argue with you, defend the family and their choices, but I can't, so I won't. Julie rushes in all dramatically with flailing arms. Maggie, in the other room, hears Julie coming in, and in a case of unrelated vapors, 
collapses all dramatically with flailing arms. Jim yells, Morg! Something that he has never, ever called her before, all dramatically with no flailing arms. The family is in a panic. Marg is on the floor with a weak pulse. They need to get her to the hospital. If only there was a superhero team who could... Use their powers to lift her to the car and stay home while Dad drives her in. Well, we are in luck, because that happens. Go team! But it is all okay, because a smart ship lands on their amazingly secluded property that has seen two alien landings in as many days that haven't attracted the attention of anyone outside the household. Well, it is the Pacific Northwest. Yes, it is the Pacific Northwest, as it is perceived by all the media I have ever seen while having nothing to do with the reality of the Pacific Northwest. Anyways, the alien craft landing in their no-neighbor's neighborhood is the previously destroyed and dead smart ship Data, piloted by Kofi with special guest star, um, some random snark, who's actually the son of one of the queens and stuff. And they are here to warn the kids that there are more snarks coming to attack them. When? Right now. And now it is the turn of everyone here that isn't an attacking snark to act all dramatically with flailing arms. Next issue, more snarks as things really heat up. This issue, the themes of the dramatically talking about themes of the issue with flailing arms. Everybody panic. <laughs> We're going to start with the power pack packaging time. Yes, sirree, Bobby and Colleen Darn. And Terry Austin, as Inker, are back again with another cover. And this is, right here now, I'm going to say it, this is the busiest Power Pack cover we have ever seen. Yeah, there's a lot going on with it. It is, it's almost surmising the entirety of the book. Yeah, it pretty much is. We, we just kind of wasted about, you know, 15, 20 minutes of everybody's time. We could have just said this. Power Pack, number two, Bullies. Katie standing up against a tall bully. Girls! Happy Alex surrounded by heart-blowing cheerleaders. Boys! Julie looking up at dreamy Randy Allen. And Snarks. Jack flying away as a cloud from Snarks. There's a lot going on here, and it's too much. It's way too much. I don't necessarily like it. I'm not a big fan of a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff like this on the cover. It's a throwback that was done a lot better in the older comics. It just does not serve any purpose here for me at all. This kind of seems like like an Archie's comic anthology cover. Yes. Is what it really kind of has the vibes of where it's kind of yeah. just like, oh, here, here's the four stories you're going to get in this book. But once again, done better with Archie. Yes. Because it was Betty and Veronica as opposed to just a Julie. So you're, it's, it's, it's just qu it's quantity, man. It's just the number. The number of girl issue to guy. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. Archie is likable. Yeah. As opposed to what we discover with Randy <laughs> Allen. <sighs> I had hopes for that Allen. dream boat. But it turns out, once again, don't trust a boy, Julie. And you should just give up. Yeah. Give up, Jeff. That's the message that we should want everyone to take away from us is uh, just give up. There's give up. really no point trying or no. putting any effort into anything. Just no. give up. We, we don't. We have no effort here. None whatsoever. We give no effort. Total of 0% we're yeah, giving. It was a yeah, minimum effort. It's like what minimum Yoda effort. said to Luke. Uh, Luke was like, I don't think I can lift it. And Yoda was like, why like, even fine. try? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Cool. Give it up. Give up. Live in swamp give, with Yoda. Give up. This is, yeah. you know, episode five. Let's just cut it here. <laughs> yeah. We're done. <laughs> it would have been funny if Empire Strikes Back was like, Master Yoda, I don't think I can lift that. And he's like, 
All right, then. Credits. But what happened to... George Lucas walked into the bank with a lot of money. Anyway. You see me rolling with my money. I'm George Lucas and I have all the freaking money. Money. Okay, let's talk about this issue. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So this feels like recycling beats that we have seen before. Most of it. More or less. More or less. There's a little bit of new things in here, but mostly it seems very second verse, same as the first, as the yeah, saying we, goes. We have Stark's attack, and they wrap up the parents. Mm-hmm. We've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Jackal's a big bad. He's back, but his mother's she's a back. bigger, bigger bad, mm-hmm. and she's yeah. back. They brought a lot of things back. This was very much, yeah, it was, it's very recycling, and that's why I keep I kept on bringing up the fact that the formerly destroyed smart ship data yeah. was back, because that was a, a, a drop-in smart ship that it was Kofi stole his dad Yurik's smart ship data, and then it got shot down and crashed and was destroyed. Yeah, it was a good plot point, because that was another reason why his dad was mad at him. Yeah. And there wasn't anything like he was saved or anything like that, unless this is data... Two. Yeah, it might 2. Have, it, it could easily be another ship that was just But let's renamed. just go ahead and do a different name. Let's, yeah. let's be a little creative. Let's yeah. do something different oh, here. Oh, okay. How about this? I'm willing to totally let this slide and not mention it again because it'll be the difference between data and data. So another thing that we've got here that's a little different, but we have seen before, and that was a total ignore and diss on Jeff that I will keep in. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a bully. Yeah. And we have a bully here and... We're kind of hoping we see something else with it because nothing really happened. Katie confronts the bully, they insult each other, and scene. Yeah, but it, we've seen we've seen this before with all of the kids except for Katie. Katie hasn't had to deal with a bully before, and now she does. Great, cool. Yeah, but we haven't really seen her deal with it. She had this interaction. She talks with Friday about it. Hope we get back to it in another ep- yeah. uh, another issue. I'm curious to see where it goes or if it just becomes kind of a, you know, like I was saying, this kid looks like he was held back. Yeah. And maybe it's just the aspect of seeing the younger kid. And it's just like, oh, man, even younger kids are smarter than me. And it's a self-defense mechanism or something. And maybe they become friends and she helps tutor him or something. I don't know. It'd be neat if something interesting came of that as opposed to, you don't belong here, little kid. I do belong here. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you, you know, and to repeat. Like this cover, you know, except for Jack down there with the snarks. Okay, fine. But we've got three things here of like interactions, personal life interactions here between three of the kids. Yeah. A bully, girls, and and another boy, a new boy. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of different things to try to build up and to really develop characters, character beats in. And each one of them could have been done in their own issue. Yes. And we could have seen something occurring that when it gets wrapped up in the fourth issue okay, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. But having just moments, I mean, the only person, the only one that really developed at all was probably between Julie and and this boy, Randy. But other than that, we've like developed some tension and that's it. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things going on here. There's so many other things, including, you know, Maggie sick and collapsing and and the snarks attacking, all this other stuff going on that it's just like, let's pick a lane. (laughs) First of all, Thank goodness Coma Maggie is back because I just had not been able to feel comfortable with myself with having a fully conscious and engaged Maggie power. That is just a, boy, that is somebody that just needs to be fridged fast for me to feel happy about this comic. I'm sorry. I need to say this. I need to say this. Who are you talking about Maggie? I know no Maggie. I only know a Marg. Marg! 
Marg. Marg! <laughs> and I apologize to anybody out there. We are really, really dissing on this book a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's because... I. It's really disappointing. It's yeah. very, very disappointing. I had very high hopes. Did they know going into this that it was a miniseries? They must have. They must have. But it was like you were saying, these plot points that they're introducing, each one would have been great as a, oh, this could have been the the Julie fifth grade story. And then, you know, like the next one could have been, you know, Jack and then Julie and then, mm-hmm. you know, Alex or something. And they could have done issues on this. And that would have been really interesting as opposed to it is stuff all over the place getting thrown in. And it's just like, yeah. we're introducing everything that we can throw into a story and we're not really developing it very well other than to just go, there's a bully, but now they're at school. Okay, great. You know, Julie likes a boy, but now she finds out he's gross. It, it is, seems like it's, it is plot points that could have been really been story driven and it could have been right. like, oh, hey, do you remember that really interesting kind of like Julie Randy Allen storyline? Yeah, that was really neat as opposed to, oh, she met a boy and thought he was dreamy and then it, immediately they show him again and it's just like, actually, he's gross. And and that kind of gets us to some one of the biggest points here is that the tone of the book does seem to really be all over the place. So what's the target audience here? A young teen, I guess? It kind of feels more along that lines that it's less of a uh, all ages or an adult. It's not an all ages. Yeah, we're, we're not getting all ages. No, it does seem like it is going for the late elementary through early high school. Yeah. Yeah, like the the kid the ages of the kids almost, where it's just like, let's just do things that are totally relatable to the audience that we're hoping that we get. And we can softball in old storyline stuff that maybe they'll think it's neat. It's it's kind of hard to tell. But this is in 2000. And, yes. And just to give an idea, too, right in the middle of this book, there is a two-page spread for X-Men the movie. So we are selling the X-Men movie at this point in time mm-hmm. and, and getting a lot of kids into comics. There's a great gateway yeah. to get more people into comics. And I'm not sure what they're trying to hit with this market because it's not all ages. I mean, there is alcohol drinking and partying and... Kind of molestation, really. Yeah, molestation. Yeah. There's, there's really icky stuff in here that I, I it's, you know, I wouldn't just ha- hope my tw- my tween daughter would pick this up and look at it and, and really get into it. I mean, I'm going to have her read it, but I mean, it, I'm reading it with her in context yeah. here. But at the same time, it's, I'm not sure what we're introducing. I'm not sure what we're selling here. Bounce around on this. I feel bad for Julie in this, that her first kiss was this. Yeah. Yeah, this is her first kiss. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, first kiss. I feel bad that this is her first kiss story. I feel bad that the other girls were like, we don't call Randy Dr. Octopus for nothing. You're his new thing, huh? And she's like, no, I'm his neighbor. We just met. Yeah, right. It's just like, okay. And then the fact when she's running out of the kitchen, like crying, they're they're showing people like pointing and laughing at her. Yeah. Like, ha ha ha. She, you know, Randy got her too kind of thing. And it's just like, man, that's, yeah, that's really sucks. That is yeah. not cool at all. No, it's not. It's not good. It's not cool. It's not great. It's horrible. This is really hard to try to find something in this book that we really enjoy. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even that big of a fan of the art style itself. No, I'm not a fan of that either. It's very... It's cartoony. It's kind of cupy dollish. Yeah, I wouldn't call it cartoony because we, we, we talk a lot about cartoony. I see it as very tween romance. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things where they show and it's just kind of like when Alex is meeting the cheerleaders, he's turning and he's just got, you know, it would be Vaseline on the lens, soft focus, sparkles in the eyes, kind of, oh, isn't he dreamy? It's that there's there's no definition to anything. No. Everything is very smooth yeah. and glossy. Glossy is a great descriptor for that. Smooth and glossy. It's the cover of a magazine. Mm-hmm. It is... 
you're in the checkout line in the grocery store and it's just the what shiny thing can catch your eye that is realistic to the point of it's been airbrushed and photoshopped and is smoothed out and imperfections don't exist and it's just it becomes just an idealized caricature of mm-hmm. what things are i'm really struggling to find things that are are really exciting really interesting i'll tell you another thing that i'm sorry this is very negative i apologize mm-hmm. to everybody out there for being very negative here's something else that's that the writer or the way that they put this book together they transition every scene by having the last line of dialogue that's being said in a caption box at the beginning of the next scene. yes yeah it's bleeding into the the next story it's not a good use of that because they use it all the time that's something that's interesting if there's if there's a connection between what somebody is saying and the next thing, but they keep doing it and they do so many transitions that it's like, Oh, they're doing this thing again. So I have to flip the page to finish, finish the sentence that's being said outside of the context of what's going on. There was one of these that it was really blaring on. And I think it was, uh, yeah. Where could the high snark and chameleon Lord have gone? Yep. And that sentence that, that end of that sentence is as the power family pulls up in front of the high school with, the kids to drop them off. So are you telling me that the high snark and chameleon Lord are at the high school? Cause that's what it's implying. That would be a interesting CW network TV show. <laughs> yeah. But no, they're, they're out in space still. They, 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 they are not at the high yeah. school. Yeah. There's weird transitions. Yeah. I really want something in this book to be fun, new, exciting, great. But even the interactions between the kids is not all that great. No, it's not. Everything kind of had a a garbage taste to it. There's a whiff of corruption or detritus in the air kind of thing. It's like even the interaction with the blonde, dreamy Alex meeting the cheerleaders and they're all kind of like, you know, scoping them out and everything. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. I I was waiting for the jock to come around the corner and push Alex into a a lock. Yeah, instead these young cheerleader girls are kind of like, oh, it's the new kid and he's kind of cute. Oh, maybe we get to know him kind of thing. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. And then, you know, in comes a, a new character who's like, I went to junior high with her. She looks different. You know, not the words, but basically it's just kind of, he just kind of comes in and kind of grosses the situation where he basically is like, there's a lot of, I think body shaming or body judgment going on yeah. in this, in this, in this issue. There is, there yeah. is, there's, there's not, I don't, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm sorry. Yeah. We are negative. We are very negative on this. Let's find something to enjoy. And the mm-hmm. only way we can do that is we can move on to our power thoughts. So let's go ahead and move on to our power thoughts. And we will start off with our refrigerator gallery. The house is still a nice place. They've emptied all the boxes. They've got a brand new refrigerator. It hasn't been destroyed yet. So brand new refrigerator. What piece of art in this book needs to be on that family refrigerator? And we always like to start with our backup joke one. So Jeff... What is your backup joke one, sir? My backup joke one is on Marvel Unlimited, page 20, and I call it, ah, the vapors. <laughs> and this is the one where Julie's come home and uh, Marg goes, oh, has Julie come home? And then she goes, oh, I'm just, I'm fine. I just feel a little woozy. And then she collapses down. The way she collapses to the floor is very much of the, you know, clutch my pearls and put a hand in the air and go, oh, the vapors. And, and you know, fall onto a fainting couch. Hand to God. My notes say fourth to the last page, the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> The vapors. The vapors. Oh, oh my. Oh my. Yeah. That it's, we shouldn't laugh at somebody passing out for some unknown reason, but yeah. man, they made it funny. And and cop with that Jim calling out Marg, which 
I don't know. Yeah. Never happened. Never has happened before. Yeah. Well, him calling out Marg really stands out. It is bold yellow text with red background on it. It stands out and it's also, but it's just Marg. And it's like, what's Marg? What and who is that? We have never heard. I got nothing. I got nothing. It took me a beat to realize that he was saying say Maggie or, or Margaret mm-hmm. you know, or Mags yeah. or whatever. It's just, it's, it, it just stood out because other it's, it's, it's like, oh, I guess that could be a, yeah, that could be a shortening of her name, Margaret, but he's, she's always I been guess. Maggie. I thought that was the sound of her hitting the ground. Mark! Mark. Well, because it was just like an ex, you know, big, bold thing, because it shows her vapors, bam, she hits the ground. And kind of glancing at it ends with a G, and I thought it was just saying, like, bang, or, you know, bam, or something <laughs> along those lines. And then I, like, I see her hit the ground, and I look up to the word bubble, and it's like, Marg. Huh. Huh. I, I had to read it a couple times, like, Maggie? Megs? Mark, yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark. All right, let Jeff, I've got a question for you. Yes, sir. On page six of this book, there's a question that gets asked her, and I want to ask that question to you. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what time is it? Uh, Why, it's naked time. Yeah. Uh, it's more than <laughs> naked time. It is Alex with a watch on to tell him that we have four hours to clean up the house and go to school tired. He did not have a watch previous. No, no, it is it is Alex looking at a watch as yeah. he's costuming off, and he was in boxers. So we see the costume coming off, his naked body, their sister looking over going, whoa. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's naked time yeah. on my watch. Here. Yeah. It says naked time. Tick tock, new to clock. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> naked time. Right, what is your- <laughs> what is your top funny one? My main primary joke one is on Marvel Unlimited page 10, and I call it Dead Doll Eyes. <laughs> and this is after Alex has met the cheerleaders, and they're walking away, and they're saying, see you around, Alex. And he's all, bye, nice to meet you, thanks. All the girls just have dead doll eyes, just black voids of space. Just, they're the alien horror. They're the color... F- Color out of space. They are the demon inhabited. They're the Stepford cheerleader daughters. It is just dead doll eyes, just blacked out voids. And it's like, wow, that's probably done uh, just because the artist didn't want to put in pupils or anything or definition on that because it's, you know, why put the effort in? But also, it's but it's just disturbing. (laughs) It's like, oh, look at these cute girls. They're smiling and waving and teeing at me. But, you know, they all got just kind of Joker grins and void space for vision and vision holes it's uh it's disturbing and funny to me <laughs> all right all right i will accept it i'll accept it let's talk about some of the better art the, the art that we enjoyed of some for some reason or another mm-hmm. i'm gonna go five pages from the last from the end of the book this is where julie is saying i just want to go home and she clicks her ruby uh, slippers together and flash flash yep superstar that's- she appears outside of her house yeah. and so i call that flash nice yeah that's uh, actually my top one and it's on okay. marvel unlimited page 19 and i call it there's no place like home yep yeah yep, yep. it's a nice looking little photo it's really nice uh, julia looks great and just the the coloring that they did in there and the the kind of like sparkle aura around her spiky jagged energy aura and everything just it looks nice it's hard to under really do the the teleportation aspect you need to have something and they chose something very difficult to replicate drawing mm-hmm. on which is great because you know i'm not sure when next time when she's going to use this power yeah. but here we go we got something else that came on brand new power mm-hmm. but it looks cool and it and it is very neat and new and it's and it's different yep. so i like that yeah i it, like that yeah it looks good i'm not sure how i think of comboing the flight and teleportation power but yeah Man. whatever whatever what do you have for your backup 
best one. Backup one was on page 23, which is the very last page of the comic, and I call it Keep Watching the Skies. <laughs> it's a splash page. Basically, the ones that we picked have been splash pages for this. And this is Kofi and unnamed Snark, who have just warned the power family that Snarks are coming by pointing at them. You know, and it has the Snark ship coming in and uh, a bunch of Snarks coming down with their little laser pistols in uh, little little space recliner chairs that float down to the ground. <laughs> this one's okay. I This wasn't on my top of my list, though. I just... The lack of definition that exists throughout the rest of this book is really on display here. Yeah. It's very soft art. I like the concept of it. The concept is nice. Mm -hmm. The concept is nice. But I went with my top one, which is another kind of splash page, two pages, like, vertical kind of thing. And this is at the very beginning when Julie is yelling out, the Redcoats are attacking, the Redcoats are attacking, <laughs> and she's flying away from them. And Jim is in a chair waking up, so she's flying kind of from the door. And the door has grown huge, by the way, just thick and big. But you got two snarks coming in through the drawer, and they're actually... We've got some definition on the snarks. Mm -hmm. I, I do like... Here we go. Here's the positive. I will say I like how the snarks are drawn. They are drawn very well. They're the only things that are given any definition. <laughs> <laughs> but Jim in the background is looking kind of grumpy as he's waking up. There's a lot that's going on here, and it, and it looks pretty good for the most part. Not too thrilled with Julie, but it, it looks pretty good for the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, those are good ones. I like it. So let's go ahead and talk about rubber and glue moments. We talk about what are the best or most childish insults in this book. And I'm going to tell you right now that I've only got one entry in this. I've got two. I think I might have had a third. My one is going to be overarching. And I'm pretty sure that my one is going to include yours. So if you will, please, let's turn our Bible to page 12. Yes, Because I'm 12. pretty much sure that most of the stuff that you're going to have is on page 12. And I just said, you know what? Let's just give it up. I'm going to give both of my spots to all of page, or the last <laughs> two panels of page 12. Mm -hmm. If you wouldn't mind playing the part of Katie here, we'll just go ahead and go through this. Get out of here. This is my class. It's my class, too. I'm a fifth grader. What? You a midget or something? No, I'm smart, you big jerk. Smart, huh? We'll just see how smart you are, chubby cheeks. Scene. We got the overarching here that, you know, just the, the bowling attitude. And then mm -hmm. midget or something, big jerk, and chubby, chubby cheeks. cheeks. Yep. So I, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not even going to choose here. I'm just going to... Mm -hmm. We're just taking it all. <laughs> <laughs> this was my backup one. Okay. This, this, their exchange right there, especially chubby cheeks. Yeah, yeah. It's like fat shaming or body shaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's another thing that it's like, oh, and then there's another body shaming. There's a lot of body shaming going on in this. Shaming. But I was like, this is the cloud. This is this is what we were talking about with rubber and glue moments. This is exactly it. They are just mm -hmm. insulting each other. Yes. Yes. Yep. My top one, though, the insult that I also really like, which is also a body shaming one, mm -hmm. is on page three, and it's during your uh, Julie flying away from the Snarks splash page up on mm -hmm. the uh, you know, oh, in the front, and uh, <laughs> it is a Snark informing his lieutenant, "This lieutenant, the plump human wakes." Jim Powers waking up, and they call him the plump human. I was <laughs> describing Jim a little while ago, and mm -hmm. I purposely didn't say they drew Jim looking a little heavy. Yeah, Jim, it's like... <sighs> yeah, they, they put some... They I think put they, some... they aged the kids up a couple of years, and those were hard years on the power parents. It's, yeah, yeah. Both of them kind of got their middle age thick going. Yeah, That's kind of what it boils yeah. down to. And yeah, Jim, who was always... He was a Marvel scientist, which meant he was like a triathlete or something. Well, he's got to keep up with Reed Richards. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. In this, he's he's a dad bod. Yeah. He's a dad doing the dad bod thing. The snark, they can't identify him as the bearded monkey man or anything or the no, adult the sapien. One. No, it's uh, the plump human. Yeah. I thought it was funny to have a snark body shame. <laughs> A person. All right, let's move on to stars and detention. Mm-hmm. We've got good kids, we got bad kids, and we want to shame the kids. We're bad people. We have not made a good showing here, and I apologize very much to our fans, but we try our best. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the worst. Who's the worst? I had a hard time with both the best and the worst in this. Mm-hmm. It was a little tricky. I'm going to say that the worst was Alex. Yeah, I had it. Two. I, mm-hmm. I said Alex, he's not in this very much, and he doesn't call out Quentin for his no. uncalled judgment of, of Carmen. And that's kind of where I drew the line for saying who was the worst on this one. Yeah. There was that, it was also the aspect that right at the beginning, Julie's flying through the house going, Snarks have dad. Snarks are attacking. Alex, get up. And, and he's, you know, I <laughs> no, understand being he, sleepy. He, he, he reaches over and hits the alarm. I mean, he's like, have a snooze. Yeah. <laughs> and, but when he's like, Julie, there's no such thing as, it's call, like, yeah, you totally know me, there's call Snarks. Call me back when Mysterio shows up. Come on. You or know? something. Yeah. It was just, but it, it, it was, frust- that was frustrating to me because it's like, if, in this family, if anything that could be said that would garner a good, massive reaction and wake you up fast, it would snarks. be snarks are attacking. And you would be like, yes, I'm on board, whatever. I don't care if this is a prank. I am 100% on board. I will run into the shaving cream. I don't care because you have said the magic words of, they wouldn't even use that as a prank. They would be like, no, this is serious. Come on, Mr. New Warriors. Your comm badge is going off. Get on board. Yeah, Power basically. Yeah. yeah. All right. So hard time choosing best. Mm-hmm. Who did you have for the best? Jack. Okay. Why'd you have Jack? All, even though he was very a big old grump puss and complaining and not mm-hmm. happy, which goes into a whole other thing I want to talk about where the kids are kind of like almost what the kids are like because Jack <laughs> thrives in new situations yeah. where he's just like, hey, here's why you want to be my friend. I'm yeah, awesome. We've seen Jack be much better, yeah. Yeah. At the beginning, Julie's like, snarks are attacking. Alex yep. is like, no, there's no such thing. And Jack is like, time to go power fisting. You know, yep. time time to do shuruk and clobber some snarks. He was on board yep. with that. Even though he was miserable and he does, he's like immediately took a dislike to Randy Allen calling Julie Jules and all this kind of stuff. When Julie comes back and is just like, hey, there's school rally that I want to go to. Can I can I stay at school? And you know, Jack doesn't call her out on it. And I think Alex asks him, it's like, oh, hey, Jack, don't you want to stay at the school rally too? And he's like, no, it's going to be lame. I'm sure yeah. Jules will inform me about it later. So he's letting her know he knows what's up. He's not narking on her. He's letting her have the chance. And we you need to have that, these chances to escape. We all know that Alex is the narc. We all know that yeah. Alex is the yeah. narc. So. I thought Jack was pretty good in those ways. I chose Katie. Okay, I could see that. I chose her because she dealt with the bad hand. She she stood up to the bully, and at the end, she took the tact of talking to the most reasonable person in the entire family, Friday. Friday, the home computer. Yeah. So yes. she made wise choices, and she stood up for herself. She tried. She's like, Mom, I am not comfortable mm-hmm. with this. You will do fine, dear. And then gets confronted with the bully, and she's like, I could disintegrate your mm-hmm. shorts right here. Yep. But she stands up to him, and she gives as good as she gets. So, Which is great and fantastic. I was right there with you. Jack was on my short list. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get Julie up there. Julie was. <sighs> Julie yeah. had some bad things going on with her. I was giving her a lot of leeway. I'm like, yes. Julie is better than this, but if they want to write her as a younger girl going through changes, 
okay, we'll go with it for now. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on Alex, and and I could have gone with Jack, but I went with Katie on this one. Katie, Katie is a great choice. I it, it was it was hand in hand for me. It was just the aspect that Katie was almost a non entity in yeah. this, other than to say I'm nervous about going to school. There might be a bully. There's a bully. Eh, things happen. Okay, mm-hmm. let's. Move on to the top grades. We like to evaluate each issue with the rest of the series, and we do this by looking at our most wonderful list. You know, we, we don't make this list. It just happens. It happens out of thin air. We, we just carve around it, as the War Rockets and Ajax people say. Starting at the top of our list, we have The Revenge of the Boogeyman from Power Pack number 42. Down at spot number 12, Power Pack number 12, Underground. The kids get lost underground while saving a cat. Meow. Down at spot number 23, Power Pack 39, Lights, Camera, Action, The Boogeyman Kidnaps Rebecca Little Hill. You remember Rebecca Little Hill? Oh, Rebecca Little Hill is great. I remember Anyways, Rebecca. Moving down, down to spot number 32, Power Pack number 23, Missing. The kids are flown to Snark World, and James discovers they are missing. Hmm. I wonder if we'll see that storyline again. And now we are down. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. Wow, I, I may have just told the entire plot from next issue. Anyways, <laughs> down at number 43, we have power pack number 30, Crack Up. Yes, Alex discovers that there's a crack problem as his schoolmate, Rip Rival, dies. Down on spot number 54, power pack number 55. I just talked about this. Mysterio, power pack solves a Scooby-Doo story with old man mysterio and down in spot number 64 we are going to talk about thor volume one number 363 this cursed earth we love the issue it's not a good power pack one as thor and beta ray bill use katie as a weapon but down at the bottom of our list on number 78 we still have power pack number 56 i'm going to scroll up a little bit here because we have spot number 67 we have power replay the issues that came mm-hmm. before this and we're seeing that that one was up there a little bit above marvel fanfare volume one jeff i am going to take a guess and say that we're going to drop this down a bit when you're reading through everything and i'm just like time to plant it on number 67 and stare at it and then see where we go and i think it's going further down yeah uh, not as good as the first one because everybody got skeezier uh, in the second issue. Okay, so Battle of PS87. Jack has bullies and feels bad for himself. Oh, we're going down much farther than that, man. I'm I'm actually down here a little bit where we're... X-Factor Annual number two, The Man on the Moon. Oh, I hate that one. So, yeah, I know, okay. but here's the thing. That has an original story. Mm. It was convoluted, and yet still a better story. Hmm... <laughs> <laughs> No, that this one you, you can read it quicker, so I like that about it. Yeah, that's true. But I, <laughs> I, I would rather. Read- I enjoyed it for its brevity. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I, 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 I'm having problems with this one, though. I, I really am. I'm more than willing to follow uh, your lead on this. So you like Man in the Moon X Factor Volume Number Two better than Volume Two Issue Two of yeah. Power Pack? Then what do you think about Lo? There shall be an ending. I don't hate it that much. Okay. <laughs> I think that this is going to be the new Number Seventy Six. The the last issue of the original series was bad. Yeah, in many ways. This is really up close because there's nothing original in here. It's a lot of rehash stuff, and it's mm-hmm. teetering badly on a romance comic. And I think there are good romance comics out there i think that teen romance can be done well see if they had leaned into it being a teen romance 
novel, mm-hmm. then I, I think I could have been more on board with it as opposed to, I like snarks. I love voicing snarks. I like voicing child snarks and Queen Maraud mm-hmm. and adult snarks and everything. I think that's a lot of fun. I think snarks are a, a neat, evil, scary looking galactic menace kind of yeah. thing. I don't think we needed to see them in this. Yeah. It could have been a thing that could come up later. If they had just done this, Power Pack is in a new town in the Pacific Northwest and they're interacting with each other. They're trying to form back up as a team because of the New Warriors fiasco mm-hmm. stuff that happened there. Here, here's something else, too. We are in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Where's Bigfoot? Oh, not even Bigfoot. I wouldn't even do that. I would just say we are in a place where there is no superheroes. Let's come up with some other thing to have some supervillain doing something out here. Mm-hmm. And they're dealing with that. And it can even be something low key. I mean, we're not talking world ending. Just there is somebody that's robbing banks and he's really good at it. And the kids are trying to figure it out and Scooby-Doo it at night. What you're saying is we're not talking low key. We're talking low key. Yeah. Just, it just could have been something, something interesting. Yeah. Simple and interesting like that. And lean into the low stakes high school romance. And you know what? I think we could have probably had something a little bit better. We don't need to always go intergalactic with it. Yeah. Let's just do something simple and easy. And if you want to lean into the to the romance, lean into the romance yeah. and do something with it. But, eh. Yeah. Mm. I, mm. No, I agree. I think that it could have been a lot more interesting if they had just gone that route. Yeah. Instead, it's, instead of rehashing the stuff that we've already seen. So. I will tell you what I do like. Can I tell you something mm-hmm. I do like? Please do. Tell me what you like. I like this beer. I like this beer a lot. I like beer. I like this beer a lot. I like this beer. It's a very enjoyable. I haven't been drinking it as fast as I thought I would. We've well, been talking a lot, too. Yeah. Uphill Both Ways by Urban Family Brewing Company. This beer is good. It is still the same. We've got a little, a little bit of bubbles still left in there. You're still getting mm-hmm. a little bit of that. We're still getting the good, smooth porter taste. You got that kind of coffee flavor that's sitting on your tongue not any real bite or acridness in there there's still no acid in there which is nice even with a warmed up beer it's an easy easy drink it's kind of it's very coffee but also i think there's some prune like prune juice flavoring in there and i think that's what kind of gives it the sweet because it's not like a sugar sweet it's like a fructose kind of sweet so it, it seems like it is a coffee fig flavor combo which is interesting and it works really well enjoying it enjoying it yeah I'm going to go ahead and give this a good... I'm going to give this a four and a half. Same. I like this a lot. I'm not willing to give it the ah of a five, but a four and a half. I'm not willing to give it the five either, but it is pretty darn good. And I would be more than willing to just crack and drink and crack and drink these uh, all night long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very happy with that. Very happy. Yeah, I really like this beer too. And you know, you like the beer thing and I like something as well that we do on the show. And that is the kid's perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his 10-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the book that we just covered. So... Rick and Carrie, take it away! Good evening, Carrie! Hello! So, we are back with another Power Pack book in this new miniseries, right? Right. So, this one is a little different, right? Yeah. What are uh, some of the things that really stand out to you in this book? Something I really liked focusing on was what was going on with kids in the school. Okay. Because you don't normally see that very often. You normally see fighting and stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Trying to keep a secret identity, but you don't really see much of the school stuff. So what are some of the things that happened in the school? Julie and Alex found some crushes. That's true. They they both had uh, some new friends that they were kind of looking at, right? Right. And Katie now has to deal with bullies. Yep. Katie's got a bully. And why, why is the bully bullying her? Because really, she just skipped two grades. So really, she I think generally she should be in third grade. Yeah. 
but uh, she's in fifth grade, and so not everybody appreciates that. So if you had a uh, third grader in your fifth grade class, would you be a bully to them? No. Yeah, you're too nice. And I bet all my friends wouldn't bully her either because they're not really that kind of thing either. That's good. I like that. So tell me a little bit about Julie's crush. What do you think of Randy Allen? He started out fine. But then? But then when I heard the alcohol thing, uh-huh. that, my interest in him just totally just dropped. Yeah, yeah. Good Good call, good call. I, and, he, and the thing that he said that really bugged me was that it was like a goofy thing, a joke. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be joking around with that, should you? No. No. Should kids their age be drinking alcohol? No. No. You're old enough to do it. Yeah, that's right, I am. Because it's like 21. Yeah, I'm a little bit older than 21. Quite older. Hey. What? (laughs) (laughs) Being honest. Okay, not a big fan of Randy Allen. Uh, Anything else interesting going on? Well, I guess Alex has a friend that's not a girlfriend. Well, he's kind of got ambushed by some cheerleaders, didn't he? Yeah, he did. (laughs) What about the uh, snarks? Because there's some snarks that are coming down and attacking, right? Right. The last part, I'm guessing that finally used the rap thing with Bob again. Bit obsessed with doing that. They came in the beginning and they wrapped up the parents and at the end it looks like they were attacking again, right? Exactly. Yeah, more are attacking. Do we know why? Do you Have you been following that side of the story at all? Hardly. <laughs> I've kind of been slowly tracing it in a way. Are you more interested in the romance and all that stuff? No, I'm just kind of... Mm, I'm just checking out some of the kids' stuff because uh, there's a lot of words where the snarks are talking. Yeah, you're supposed to read the words. (laughs) I know. You're not interested in snark politics? To be honest, I'm not really interested in politics in the beginning. Okay. Well, it's kind of part of the story. It's, you know, it's going to be leading where the kids are going. Do you like this book at all? Are you still liking it? Yeah. Do you still like the art? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You don't find the art off-putting at all or you don't find the art too plain no or is it still the uh or is it still the colors that you like i think it's a lot of the colors that i like too but the drawing itself yeah i like some of those that too i mean so far i've only seen um katie wearing two braids but now she's wearing two pigtails okay yeah kind of puffed out a little bit aren't they a little spiky too actually (laughs) Let's talk about the cover. What do you think of this cover? Bullies, girls, boys, and snarks? Yeah. Is it a good cover or is it too much on there? Actually, I think it's almost covering almost everything, really. Yeah, but do you like it or do you... Yeah, I like it. Would you rather have a more simple color cover? I like it. Okay. I mean, it actually almost looks like it has some of the scenes from the book, just in a different way. Yeah, yeah. It's showing you what's going to happen in the book. It's showing you all the different storylines, right? Right. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to talk about about this one? Not really. Okay. Thank you very much for your time then. Okay. I love you. Love you too. Ha <laughs> ha! And away you took it, Carrie. Thank you so very much for joining us. Shout out time! We like to recognize those listeners who take the time to write in or leave us a review, and this is for episode 92, where we did our third, yes, third New Warriors overview with Thomas from NewWarriors.com. Al Sedano and Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. Charles Gears. Chris Lydon. Clinton Robinson and his podcast, Fan Film Fridays and Coffee and Comics. Damian Drewitt-Witter. Dear Watchers. Fractal. Hoover Jeremiah and the Four Million Years Later Podcast. 
Jeremy Daw. Iron Dog and Moxie May. Max Reads Comics. New Warriors Talk. Nicholas Prom and the Captain Freakout Psychedelic Radio Show. Super Serious 616. Thomas, our guest of the night. Thank you so much for all of your insight and your wonderful, wonderful time with us. Yeah, thank you so much. We really did appreciate it. Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and his podcast, The Outcasters, and I might add, my upcoming roommate for four days. And are in the future going to be released, but in the past, after this one comes out, Mephisto for our Mephisto versus the Podcasters, Volume 3. <laughs> Spooky Waffles and his show Waffles and Mario Talk About Things. And he says, I was going to leave this episode a clone, but I heard it was amazing, spectacular, a real web of a podcast. Whether you're a clone or the original, I'm sure you'll enjoy this episode. P.S. You guys are the real powerhouse in the podcasting industry. I see what you did there. I see what you did there, too. <laughs> and we always like to thank our wonderful supporters on Patreon, including adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully Cheeky and Charming Char Logan. Challenging Cheesy and Chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and Devastatingly Delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically Dangerous and Devious Doug Jones. Exciting, Energetic, and Entertaining Edward Verrochi. Jesting, Joking, and Jovial Jeff Polier. Just Jealous and Jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, Mighty, and Meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and Magnificent Monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely Rhyming and Running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, Salty, and Steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and Sickingly Silly Shag Matthews. Strange and Stirringly Steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant Todd Enoch. Weird and wonderfully wacky Wind. Be sure to check out our other shows that we're on, like our Junior Agent submissions on the MI6 Rogue Agent episodes of Honor Her Majesty's Secret Podcast and <laughs> my awesome monthly Monday movie muckabout show on the Logbox Crusade Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of two bags ready to go to Baltimore Comic Con in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick present, our Facebook page Jeff and Rick present, our email address Jeff and Rick present, all one word at gmail.com or at our website Jeff and Rick present.wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com Jeff and Rick present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We, we love, love you. Until next time. Costumes, costumes off. Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Sweeter Vermouth. All music is by Kevin McLeod at Competech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Yay, we're garbage. <laughs> garbage, garbage, garbage. Trash can. Crack. Apparently it's these Crack Julie rushes in All dramatically with flailing arms
<laughs> Julie, playing Magnus Burnsides. Crack. Maggie and the other whom? 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 Data, are you whom? In the room in the house. In this case, it would be who. Yeah, Maggie <laughs> in the who. Crack. Oh, oh, oh. Popping fresh dough. Hang on. 